Welcome back, friends. Lost Scarf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby Right Back At You. A main throughline to the podcast will be the Kirby Right Back At You anime, as it was 100 episodes, but in time we'll be going over every single Kirby game and other things like the Kirby Cafe, Train Poo Poo Poo, a bunch of the plushies. There's a manga, which is amazing, by the way. That's a really good one to talk about in the future someday. I can't wait, because it's so good. And just other things to talk about. So we'll be talking about Kirby for a couple years for sure, especially because more games are coming and everything. And you should follow the at Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter. It is at Kirby Dreamcast uh, at Twitter. And there uh, we will have occasional tweets about the podcast and updates whenever new episodes come out. It'll mainly follow Kirby fan artists and just retweet their art just so there's just a lot of art on there and just to enjoy. And that should be a lot of fun. Currently, the biggest news with Kirby in the world right now is, of course, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. It's out now. I'm hearing it's amazing. And, of course, it's amazing. So, yay on that. It's on the 3DS. One of the last for us for the 3DS, from what I can tell, since it looks like everything's moving over to Switch eventually. Now, I'm planning on making Kirby's Adventure soon. I expect it to be for 16.5 for Kirby's Adventure. Unless delays happen, then it'll be 17.5 for the 17th episode. The reason for that is we've cleared Kirby's Adventures now, and I've done a lot of background reading on everything. I even, I even found a bug, which was a crazy bug to find, but I haven't done Extra Mode yet. Extra Mode is actually a lot harder than I expected it to be. Extra Mode in Kirby's Adventure is you have half HP and you cannot save. So that's pretty crazy. Thankfully, you have save states because of uh, the Switch emulator thing. It's not an emulator, like Switch's online Nintendo thing. Because of that, we're able to just save states, so that helps. But oh my god, is it's just so much harder with half HP, so it's fun but challenging. So we're going to talk about episode 15 today, and episode 15 is considered by many to be the best episode of the show, and we're only at episode 15 of a 100 episode show. There's a lot of really good episodes coming up. I've seen up to episode 40. I've enjoyed a lot of episodes, but I get why this one's considered number one, and it might be number one for me too, because it is a heck of an episode, and you'll see why. Uh, if you've already seen this, you know why, but if you haven't, oh my god. Oh, this this is a heck of- oh my- this is an episode. This is an episode, you should watch yourself for sure. But let me talk about it, because- oh man. Oh man. So, this episode is named Kirby's Pet Peeve. The Japanese title is Birth, Kirby's Little Brother. So, you might be wondering, what does that title mean when the two versions of that? Like, like, if you watched it, the Japanese version first, like, you see the title and you see this one, you're like, Kirby's little brother, what? 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 Kirby's had a little brother? If you watch the English version, you get Kirby's pet peeve, like, okay, so there's gonna be a pet, oh, that's interesting. But if you saw both titles, like I'm telling you right now, I haven't seen the episode, you're like, well, you're kind of confused as to what is the, the bridge between these two. And you'll see what I'm talking about about a fourth into the episode. So the episode starts with Tiff reading while Kirby and the other kids are playing. And they're playing Kick the Can, and the way this version of Kick the Can works is you put the can on something, you kick it, and someone else has to catch the can and reset it. So Kirby is currently it, so he's got to be the one setting up the can. Uh, the other kids are being weirdly aggressive this episode, so they have like no patience for Kirby, and I don't understand what's going on. It's really jarring, because this is like the only episode I've seen where they're mean to Kirby. They're usually just nice with him, but this one they're mean, and I guess it's just sacrificing characterization for an episode like we've seen before. So in this one... Kirby's setting up the can, and he puts it on the wrong rock, and Spike had berates him for it. He's like, what? He's telling him, like, we keep telling you it's supposed to be on this rock, not that rock. So Kirby puts it on the correct rock, and then they have Kirby setting up, and he's waiting for him to kick the can at him so he can catch it, and they tell him to go further back. And then they kick the can, Kirby tries to catch the can, 
and he falls down a cliff. Like, he just tumbles down. A cliff might be the wrong word. He falls down a hill, but it's like a sheer hill. So when he falls over, he takes some hits. He gets hurt pretty bad falling over, and he rolls down the hill, and it's not great, and Tiff sees it, and she's really upset about it. So Kirby's basically knocked out on the ground, and Tiff just yells at everyone else. She's like, what the heck, guys? What's, the, what's going on here? Because the first thing the kids say, which, uh, led by Tuff, is, Kirby, get the can. Like, that's it. They show no care for the fact Kirby just took a bad fall. None at all. The little boy is straight up knocked out, and that's all they care about is getting the can. Tiff defends Kirby. She's yelling at them for treating Kirby poorly. But they all put the blame on Kirby because he's the one who fell and not on themselves. And they decide to leave Kirby and play with themselves. This is characteristically pretty childish, but it's still pretty cruel and crueler than normal with these kids. It's very odd. Then Tiff picks up Kirby and says, just because you look like a ball, it doesn't mean they can kick you around like one. So that's a pretty good line. Pretty good line right there. And she thinks maybe they should get Kirby a playmate his size. And Kirby's confused. He's like, huh? And then we get the awesome opener. So, real quick, if you're curious about the Japanese version of this open, it's mostly the same, but the kids are more nonchalant about Kirby getting hurt than angrily blaming him. They're like, oh, it's Kirby's own fault he got hurt. It's Kirby's own fault these things happened to him. Instead of them just uh, being more aggressive about it because Tip's putting the blame on them. And so it's just an interesting little difference there. So after the awesome opener, we're at Gengu's toy shop. And in case I haven't described Gengu, he's a, like a very rotund cappy. He's got the head like everyone else has, but he's got a big tummy, and he's got a visor on his head, and he's wearing overalls, and he's always holding a wrench. Now, the first time we ever saw Gengu was in Cheerios episode, which was episode 8, and he's voiced by Maddie Blaustein, the voice of Meowth and a bunch of other characters in the show. At first, I assumed he was a mechanic with Gus because of the wrench and his southern accent, but no, he actually is a toy shop owner, which, yeah, just surprised, that's what he is. And, by the way, we still don't hear his name as Gengu. We don't know what his name is just yet. We eventually hear someone call him Gengu in, like, ten episodes. I don't know why it takes so long for someone to just name drop him, but that's how it is. So we're at Gengu's toy shop, and he's rushing to get the shop ready because Sir Ibram said he's coming. The reason is different in each version. In the U.S. version, they're coming before opening time because Sir Ibram just wants to come early for some reason. Well, in the Japanese version, they're coming in during a holiday. And I guess they just changed that because it is pretty mean to come in on a holiday. So that's why they changed it, is my guess. So while he's rushing around to get ready, he finds a box with a purple symbol on it. Since this is episode 15, you should easily tell what that symbol is, and that is the Nightmare Enterprises symbol. But uh, Gengu doesn't remember stocking this item, and he takes a look at it, and before he can look into it further, Cerebrum and his family arrives. It's a very suspicious box, obviously. Even if they didn't have the symbol on it, You'd be kind of suspicious as to what this box is about, since it's not something normally he stocked. Cerebrum apologizes for coming in early, and Tuff rushes in to play with the toys. Now, if you freeze-frame this moment when, when Tuff is playing with the toys, there's some things going on in the background. There is a General Pepper toy from Star Fox. That's right, General Pepper's there, and there's nothing else Nintendo, as far as I know, in the show besides that, and that's too bad, because it would have been very interesting just seeing random things like that, like maybe. Something referencing a Triforce, or a Master Sword, or even maybe like some Metroid stuff. Wouldn't be very interesting, and maybe there are, I just haven't noticed any yet so far. But at the moment, that's it. Also, Tuff is playing with a Mecha DDD toy, like the one from uh, TV DDD. He's playing with that. And while he's playing with it, eventually Lady likes giving him a talking to because they're here for Kirby, not for Tuff. And then he should put the toy down before he breaks it, and just then the toy does break. Which, of course, gets Gengu's like, oh no! And Tiff laughs because it's coming out of his allowance, of course. 
Tuff gets mad about all this because they're there for Kirby in, in the first place when they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be wasting money on Kirby. They should be wasting money on him instead to give him toys. In the Japanese version, it's more he's annoyed because Kirby's a Star Warrior, so he should be doing cool things, not playing with toys. And there's a weird thing about the two versions of Tuff between the Japanese and English versions, is that Tuff does criticize that Kirby should be doing cooler things in both versions, but you see it a lot more in the Japanese version compared to the US version. And some of the lines they replace just makes Tuff a lot brattier in general, honestly. And he's going to be really bratty in a future episode coming up very soon, and oh man, oh, that is not going to be a fun one, but... Tough is, uh, tough is who he is. He's a very selfish little boy. So after hearing from Tiff why they're there, Gengu thinks he has the perfect gift for Kirby. And they just got it. So we cut to the castle and we see Tiff put down a new toy for Kirby with the rest of her family. And that toy is a pet robot dog. So now you get why it's called Pet Peeve, because Kirby's got a new pet. So Kirby is, of course, very confused. He's looking at this thing. He's not really sure what it is. And Tiff puts in the batteries, and the show takes the time to show Tiff correctly put the batteries in. It's very curious why they take the time to do that. I figured maybe they're just doing it so kids know how to put batteries in correctly. But upon seeing the Japanese version, there's actually Nightmare Enterprises logos on the batteries too. And so I don't know why the US version got rid of that. Like, we still watch her put the batteries in, but they took that part out and I don't know why. Because not only is that, but also Tiff's holding the manual, which also has Nightmare Enterprises on it as well. At this point, we've seen four things with Nightmare Enterprises on it. There's the box that was shipping the toy in, the box the toy was inside in itself, the manual, and these batteries. So we keep seeing this symbol all over the place, and it should be putting up red flags about the dog. And I should describe the dog. So the dog is basically, well, it's a robot dog. It's the size of a puppy. It's very small. It's about as big as Kirby, maybe like a little bit shorter than Kirby. It's got a brown body. It's got a black nose. And it's got dark pink ears and a dark pink tail. And it has a, a clear pink visor over its eyes. And the eyes are actually oval and basically the same eyes as Kirby. Like, it's, it looks like the same color as well. And so it's just this very cute looking robo-dog. And once Tiff puts in the battery, she pulls on its tail because that's how it activates. And then the dog starts looking around. And we can see the dog's vision. It looks at everyone in the family and then looks at Kirby. And it scans him and then it recognizes that it's Kirby. And it goes to play with him. So this is very interesting is that it recognizes Kirby. It's programmed to do that, of course, since we know it's Nightmare Enterprises. But if you didn't catch that, you're like, huh, why does it recognize Kirby and decide to make him the one that's its target of? But that's what happens there. So it runs up to Kirby. Kirby actually gets scared of the toy dog and starts running away. And the dog is happily chasing him. And it's very funny because then we start seeing just Kirby running in circles around the family, kind of scared, while the dog just keeps chasing him. While well, the family's just laughing and, and having fun just looking at Kirby and his new playmate, and they have a toast. And the Japanese version is different from the English version. In the English version, they're just like, uh, to Kirby and his new friend. While well, in the Japanese version, Serum straight up says, to the birth of Kirby's little brother. So now you get where that title comes from. And I think I get why they changed the title, because it is uh, kind of a weird thing to think about. That is, um... Just different things on this. One layer to that is, I guess, like the US version, they don't want you thinking of machines coming to life as them being given birth to, because then it makes means machines are alive and all that stuff, and that is something that parents don't want to deal with. And the other thing is considering a pet like a younger brother or sister, considering them a sibling. That's also something a parent doesn't want to deal with talking about with their kids, so I think that's why they took those out in the 4Kids US version. But it's just funny in, in the U.S. version where 
Uh, everyone's like, ah, oh, Kirby's having fun playing with with his uh, with his dog. Well, no, he's he's scared for his life. He's definitely scared for his life. The only one who mentions that he's probably scared for life is Tuff. That's it. So we see the next day, and it's Kirby rocking around with the dog happily following him. And Kirby wants none of this. Kirby just sees the dog. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. I, I don't. This dog scares me. And he runs from the dog, and the dog just keeps chasing him. Eventually, from all the running, Kirby trips on a rock and falls, and the dog catches up and nuzzles him, and it's really cute. But Kirby doesn't want this, and he pushes the dog away and runs some more. And by the way, the dog is barking, and it's making all the happy barking sounds. And whenever Kirby's not nice to him, the dog makes that whine sound that dogs make. So you feel bad for the dog whenever Kirby's not being very nice to the dog. It's interesting. But eventually, Kirby gets chased up a tree, but the dog's not able to ca- uh, climb up the tree, so Kirby's safe up there. Takori so comes over and laughs, and he says, you need help? I'll help you. And he's like, you gotta show dogs who's boss. And the and Tor- Cory comes down, and the dog is happily looking at Takori. He's like, hey, like, he's like, the dog's like, hey, friend. And then Takori pecks him in the face. Then he pecks the dog some more, and he keeps pecking the dog, and it's hurting the dog. And the dog runs off and, and crying about it. And then Takori chases the dog to the point that the dog falls, like, down a hill into some water. And Takori keeps pecking and laughing at the dog. Eventually, Kirby comes down and splashes Takori, which knocks Takori into the water. And Kirby looks super mad. He does not look happy at all. And Takori doesn't understand why Kirby's mad at him and angrily leaves, considering he's trying to help Kirby out. And I think you can get why Kirby's angry. Kirby's a good kid. He doesn't want the dog with him, but he doesn't want someone tormenting the dog like Takori is. After all this, Kirby runs off again because he still doesn't want the dog with him, but the dog follows happily. Next, we get Kirby crossing a rushing river. And he does this by jumping on the log that's across the opening and goes across it. And he figures this will deter the dog, but it doesn't. The dog actually hops on the log and fails miserably. It rolled a one when it tried to get on this log and just falls straight into the water. And now the dog is struggling to stay alive because the current is really strong. Kirby recognizes that this is a bad situation and he runs over and uses his vacuum ability to suck the dog out of the water. And the dog lands and Kirby gets knocked over. And then the dog starts nuzzling Kirby some more, and Kirby's just not enjoying it at all. It's very cute, it's very funny. And all this commotion also got the attention of Tuff and the other kids. And so, Tuff explains to the kids that, yeah, uh, they got Kirby a new playmate because Tiff felt like they were being too rough and bossing Kirby around too much. And Spike Kid mentions that he wishes he had one too. We then cut to later of that same day, and Kirby has now accepted his new friend, and he shares with the dog a pineapple. The dog then has an idea, and this is where it gets interesting. The dog puts down the pineapple, and it just shoots out, not shoots out, it, like, like Wolverine. Like Wolverine's the best way to put it. Two big claws come out of each paw, like Wolverine with his three claws, and it cuts the top of the pineapple. Then a drill comes out of the dog's mouth, and it drills into the pineapple, and what this does is he actually is doing it to mix up the, the pineapple meat pulp, all that stuff, to make it into pineapple juice. Kirby drinks it, and he's really enjoying it. He really likes the taste of it, and so good for Kirby. But then, the kids are there. The kids have been watching, and they want to have some of the drink, too. So they rush in and try to take the drink from Kirby, because they want some. They're being really bratty this episode, like, way too bratty. But the dog sees this while they're busy making another one of these pineapple drinks, and they decide to spray the kids with the pineapple juice as a big blast. The kids get mad, and then they get mad at Kirby and the dog and walk out. The dog feels triumphant, but Kirby isn't happy about this and yells at the dog and walks away. When the dog tries to follow, Kirby actually turns around and gives the dog this long stare, then walks off. 
And the dog gives off like a little sad bark, but then happily follows him again. Because it's a dog. That's, that's how dogs work. Now, of course, before we get to the next scene, just got to draw attention to the red flags here. The dog has extremely sharp claws and a drill in its mouth. And it's like, okay, that's, that, that's a lot of red flags there. Now, at this point, I assume, now the dog's showing what it's got, that eventually the dog's going to do a 180, and then it's going to try to kill Kirby, and Kirby's going to have to put the dog down. And that's going to be ridiculous. I thought, it was, this, at this moment, this is what I thought was going to happen. Because, again, it is from Nightmare Enterprises. And it's like they're trying to get the dog really close to Kirby so that the dog can kill him. And that's just, oh, geez, that's, that's some messed up stuff right there. So the next scene is Kirby sleeping with Tatori in their bed in Kirby's house. And the dog's trying to get their attention. Like, he doesn't want to sleep yet, I guess. So he's just, just jumping around, rolling around. And eventually the dog barks really loud, which scares Kirby and Takori awake. And then Kirby and the dog get thrown out by Takori. Kirby's like, well, what the heck do we do now? But eventually you see that they end up up in the tree where Takori's nest is. And it's Kirby and the dog sleeping together, and it's very cute. Extremely cute. So at this point, Kirby has accepted the dog as his friend. The next scene is Kirby actually teaching the dog how to cross the street, and it's super cute. Tuff makes fun of Kirby and the dog, while Tiff thinks it's great and sees the dog as Kirby's little brother. So we still get the mention that it's like a little brother to Kirby. And she also gives Tuff crap for uh, making fun of them. The next scene after that is cut out in the US version, and I have a guess as to why. Because it's just a really quick, cute scene. It's just Kirby and the dog happily hopping and playing in the flowers. It's very cute, but doesn't really add anything to the episode. It's mostly just fluff, I guess, so fluff gets cut. But we will see this again anyway in a future episode, when Kirby has flashbacks to when he had a dog in a later episode, he'll think about this episode, and we'll see that scene despite it being cut out. But it's really just a very happy moment. After that scene, we see Kirby and the dog playing and running and having fun, but we also see the kids lurking in the bushes. And once Kirby gets ahead of the dog, Iroh actually jumps out and grabs the dog. They want to see what the dog can do. So Iroh just starts holding the dog down, and Spikehead keeps poking the dog with a stick. He's poking in the face, he's poking in the butt, he just keeps poking the dog, which is not a very nice thing to do. And then eventually the dog activates its defensive measures and electrocutes the kids. Kirby comes back looking for his dog, and the dog jumps out of the bushes. Kirby's concerned, but the dog actually shakes his head like, no, nothing wrong. And then they run off to play. Cut back to the kids, though, and they're scorched but alive. So yeah, more red flags. This dog has power. And you're, like, I'm wondering, how good are these batteries? Because they're pretty dang good batteries at this rate. And then it cuts to that night. And we see Kirby and his dog eating fish they caught. And they're cooking them on the beach. And Kirby's just enjoying fish. And I guess the dog's eating fish, actually. Like, we see the dog, like, having his mouth over the fish. And it looks like he might be biting into it. But, like, it, it's a robo-dog, so what's it doing with the fish? Kind of weird there. And then they hear some noises, and then they see what it is. King Dedede and Escargoon are driving on the beach. And we catch Escargoon mid-sentence saying, And so I says, I'm not going skinny-dipping. And King Dedede has a laugh. And then they try to run over Kirby. <laughs> and they pretty much do. Like, they, they drive over, run over the fire they had for all the fish, and run over all the fish. But Kirby and the dog jump out of the way. And then they turn around and use the binoculars to look, and it's Kirby and the dog barking at them. And King Didi's like, wait, what the? That, they have a robot dog, what's that about? And Escargoon figures it's from Genju, Gengu's toy shop. So King Didi goes to the toy shop in the middle of the night, and he demands to get up one of those toy dogs as well. Gengu mentions, though, that this is the only one. He doesn't have any more. He's clueless how he even got in the first place. So King Didi decides he must take Kirby's, and he straight up says... If you want a dogfight, I'm going to play rough. Yup, he said that. 
He freaking said that. And then next we see Kirby and his dog sleeping in the tree. Again, but this time the dog's eyes are flashing red. Now I want to go back a moment to mention some interesting things. First is in the Japanese version, Escargoon isn't making a joke when they're driving. He actually says that driving by the beach is so romantic. And then King Dedede just laughs it off. I, I really feel like those two are a pair, whether they realize it or not. I really do. <laughs> Another thing to mention is a great joke, and that's when King Dedede is at Gengu's door. When Gengu opens the door, he's, he's like, what the heck's going on here? And then King Dedede gets mad at him. And then King Dedede yells at Gengu, saying, what do I look like? Some little nitwit? And Gengu says, well, uh, I wouldn't say little. <laughs> I like the jokes. I like these jokes. So King Dedede is plotting. And I assumed at this point that King Dedede would be summoning a monster or something. But I'm not going to be right about that. But before we get to there, though, the next scene is actually Tiff, and she drops a wreath of flowers because she just found out from Honey that the dog shocked them the other day. Like, yesterday. She's like, wait, what? So Tiff becomes concerned because why would a toy have such an ability? So now we're basically at the halfway point of the episode, and the plot picks the heck up. Like, the first half was just establishing Kirby and the dog, and now things get going over very quick, very breakneck. So what happens next is Tiff's investigating Gengu's shop, and she learns that King Dedede wants the dog too, which is of course concerning. But then she gets distracted by the fact that she notices the purple symbol on the box. She's like, hmm, that looks interesting, wonder what that's about. Then the scenes hop over to Escargoon and King Dedede at Kirby's house looking for the dog. The kids see King Dedede and warn him that the dog is actually pretty dangerous, and they ignore that though, because they're just looking for Kirby and the dog, they don't care about what these kids have to say. And then they find them. They find Kirby and the dog. They're sleeping with the sheep. And what happens here is Escargoon uses a vacuum to quietly suck the dog out of the area, which is weird, because that should suck other things too. But they get the dog, and it puts the dog into the tank. So now they've got the dog. Cut over back to Tiff, and she's actually researching what the symbol is and realizes it's from Nightmare Enterprises. Cut back to King Dedede and Escargoon, and they've now put the dog in a Kirby-proof cage so the dog can't be rescued. In the Japanese version, it's actually a cage designed to hold some of the most powerful monsters around. And so that's just setting up how good this cage is. I don't know why they changed the Kirby proof, because Kirby could eat this cage. But that's what they did. And now it's storming outside, and Kirby is desperately searching for his dog. He's going everywhere. He cannot find his dog. And he's just obviously very exasperated by this. Eventually, though, Tiff and Tuff catch up with Kirby, and she tries to warn Kirby about the dog. But Kirby's just too distressed to listen, and he calls out for his dog. And eventually the dog hears Kirby and activates. The dog starts barking back, and Kirby rushes to the castle. Which, by the way, Kirby is literally miles away from the castle, and yet somehow the dog could hear Kirby, and Kirby could hear his dog. I don't know how that works, but that's what happens. So this next part is an intercut between two things happening. We're going to see King Didi and Escargoon, and we're going to see Kirby running towards the castle. It just keeps cutting between the two of them. Kirby's just running while these other things I'm going to say happen. So, while King Dedede's eating, the castle starts rumbling and they go to check out what's going on. And what's happened is, the cage has been broken and a bunch of Waddle Dees are badly beaten. King Dedede just starts looking around some more, eventually they investigate the cage, and King Dedede mentions that this dog must be pretty strong because that cage was meant to hold some really powerful monsters. And then Escargoon's like, well, that, that's a really weird toy. And then King Dedede says, no, it's not a toy. It's their new secret weapon. So, oh, little do you know, King Dedede. Little do you know. So like I was saying, between each of those points, we see Kirby desperately running as fast as he can to the castle. It's an interesting just cut between two different things happening at the same time. So after that, we see Kirby running up the road, 
The dog's running towards him from the other side of the road, and they're in view of each other. They're about to get reunited. They're about to jump towards each other. There's actually a rainbow in the background, by the way. And then, boom! They get hit with a tank shell. King Dedede orders his waddle army to catch the dog. Because right now, Kirby's knocked out. Because, well, it's a tank shell. But the dog starts barking and scares off the waddles. And then Escargoon and King Dedede try to catch it themselves, and the dog starts kicking up dirt, and then the dog disappears, and so does Kirby. And we see that Kirby and the dog have gotten away, and they're trying to find a place to hide. And the sun is starting to get lower and lower. It's been a very eventful day for them, and Kirby's getting tired. But they fail to get away, and we see King Dedede with his army, an even bigger army, ready to attack. But somehow they get away again, I don't... This is where it gets weird. At this moment, Kirby and his dog run again, and we don't see the Waddle Army anymore for the rest of the episode. We also don't see King Dedede's tank for the rest of the episode. Somehow they were far enough away to run away and not get caught by all of that. And they've run so much that they actually get to a cliff over the water, and they're at a dead end, and that's not looking good at all. But then Tiff and Tuff show up, and Kirby's relieved to see them. Kirby and Tiff hug, but then Tiff tells Kirby that he needs to listen to her because he needs to get away from the dog. But Kirby refuses. He won't give up on his dog. It's his friend. It's his little brother. He's not going to give up. And Kirby defends the dog against Tiff. He just stands between them. Stands between Tiff and the dog. He's like, I don't want to give up my dog. But Tiff is convinced it's a monster. And Kirby won't let go. But then Tiff rushes over and scares the dog. And the dog runs away and slips in the, into the water. And Kirby jumps in after the dog. And Kirby starts swimming desperately trying to catch up to the dog. He's just too far away. He's swimming, the waves are pushing him back, but he's giving everything he's got. He wants to get back to his dog. Tiff states that Kirby just isn't strong enough of a swimmer to overcome the current, but Kirby just keeps trying and trying. In the Japanese version, she's instead worried that Kirby's going to get overcome and drown, which is actually a very weird concern because the next episode, Kirby's going to be underwater and have no breathing issues whatsoever. So that's very odd. Also on top of that because of the Dynablade episode where Kirby couldn't hold his breath underwater either. Very odd there, too. But then things take a turn. Kirby's desperately trying to swim towards the dog. He's in full view of the dog. The do you, we start seeing Kirby from the view of the dog's visor. And then the dog's bomb mode activates. And it says to erase Kirby. And a 60-second timer goes on the dog's face. Like right on the visor. The dog is now activated to explode and destroy Kirby. So the dog is staring at Kirby as he's desperately swimming towards him with everything he's got to catch up. And then King Dedede shows up with a speedboat, ready to take the dog for himself. So things are getting really intense here. And, by the way, really dumb joke here. When King Dedede shows up with a spe uh, speedboat, he mentions that the dog can do the dog paddle. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh my god, King Dedede. So it cuts from that 60 seconds to 20 seconds, because Kirby is now caught up with the dog. And we hear every single tick of the timer. Kirby's caught up to the dog. He jumps from the water, just because he's so happy, and hugs the dog. And Kirby's just so relieved. And now we're at 13 seconds left on the timer. And then we see the dog's mind. This is very interesting. We start to see the dog thinking about its life with Kirby. We see the dog hugging Kirby. We see the dog and Kirby playing. Them sleeping together. Their crosswalk together. Just good times and bad times together, because we also see when Kirby yelled at the dog. And then... We see that this all happened within a second. The, the dog remembers all of its memories of Kirby within one second, because the timer's still 13 seconds. And then a single tear. A robot dog has a single tear 
rolled down its face. This dog cries because it knows exactly what's about to happen. And we hear the ticks. Twelve. Eleven. Ten. Nine. The timer's almost up. King Dedede's catching up. And then this is what happens. With only a couple seconds left, the dog pushes a very confused Kirby away and jumps into King Dedede's net. King Dedede is triumphant. He's winning this thing. Kirby once again is desperately swimming to catch up towards his dog. And then... Boom! Somehow the explosion does not kill Escargoon and King Dedede. Somehow it doesn't kill them. And then Kirby stands there, frozen in the water. Dumbfounded. He just doesn't move. And then one of the dog's ears lands on Kirby's head. And Kirby grabs it and holds it and just looks at it. We then watch as the sun sets. And then we see it's nighttime at the beach. And Kirby stands alone at the beach, staring off into the water. Tiff and Tuff are nearby, but they don't know how to approach Kirby. Kirby's just staring out into the ocean. Silent. Who knows how long he's been standing there. Tuff wonders if the dog really was a monster. And Tiff isn't sure either. But regardless, it was Kirby's friend, and that's why it couldn't hurt him in the end. Gengu then shows up with a plushy version of the dog to try to help. But it won't replace Kirby's friend. Tiff, though, is sure Kirby will always have this dog in his heart. And then Kirby starts walking into the ocean. Yeah, I want to walk into the ocean too, little buddy. At this point, yeah. I definitely want to walk into the ocean. Oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> but then in the sky, there's a constellation of his dog. It just appears in the sky. And then it becomes a full image of Kirby's dog. And Kirby holds his arms up in the air to welcome the dog back. But then the dog looks at him and then happily hops away into space. Kirby lowers his arms. A single shooting star flies across the sky. And Kirby jumps into the air and waves goodbye to his dog. The end. The freaking end. Oh my god. I'm crying. Oh man. Oh man. Oh, oh man. Ooh. I gotta admit, I watched this episode in English and Japanese maybe eight or nine times. Like, the first time I watched it, I was actually at work. I watched it during my lunch break. It was, like, November, so it was, like, way, way earlier, because I was just watching the episodes ahead of time, because why not? And I just became a crying mess for the next hour at work. Uh, I couldn't let anyone see. It was, it was so ridiculous. This episode was just too much for me. Oh, man, if you own a dog, too, uh, or just a pet, oh, that's got to be overwhelming. And in the scripting process for these podcasts, I watched the episodes a couple more times because I want to make sure I don't miss any details. So I had to watch this so many times. I had to watch this finale over and over again. And it messed me up every time. Like, I'm crying right now as I'm speaking. It is such an emotional episode. This is a kid's show. I was expecting just lighthearted fun and action. I wasn't expecting to be crying into my burrito at lunch. I just, oh my god. It's a heck of an episode. If you get the chance, just watch it as well so you can visually see all of this and the music. And it's just so much. It is just so much. It is, in, it's just intense. It is emotionally intense, emotionally taxing. I, I tried to keep it together while recording this. I couldn't. Oh man. Oof, my eyes. I dreaded covering this episode because, yeah, I saw it like a couple months ago and I knew it was coming. And, <sighs> okay, there is a warning I have to give. There is a warning I have to give, and that is this is not the last time it's going to happen. There are going to be more times in this show where Kirby's going to make a friend, and that friend is going to die right before Kirby's eyes. 
And each time we see the aftermath, we have to see Kirby cope with his loss. And I'm not looking forward to those episodes. I've already seen some more of them and just, oh man, they are emotionally impactful. Is It is ridiculous. So, some things to mention. So, the big explosion in both versions of it, how it's handled, so Japanese and English versions. Uh, the bomb mode is actually shown earlier in the Japanese version, so you know it's coming sooner. It, you actually see when it's stuck in the cage, it actually shows it's removing its safety protocols when it hears Kirby. And when it sees Kirby, it activates explosive mode, like you know it's coming. So the Japanese version lets you know a lot sooner, while the uh, US version does not let you know as soon, so it's just really tense at the end there. But I need to talk about the music. So this final scene, when it comes to the music, usually, like 90-something percent of the time, I will say the US version is better than the Japanese version. I feel like they understood how to make the music more impactful. But in this scene, I feel like the US version just does too much, while the Japanese version does it perfectly. Because the Japanese version is incredibly ominous. It makes you worried. It makes you concerned. It draws focus. It draws attention to what's happening. While the English version is just playing the Kirby, the Kirby trumpets, it's playing this higher, more boisterous music. It is more up in tempo. It's more exciting for a moment that should be a lot more somber, honestly. So I'm going to describe the Japanese version. In the Japanese version, the moment the explosive mode is activated, the music gets quieter, and it gets more tense. And you only really hear, like, two or three instruments. You're hearing... I can't remember the name of this room right now, but it's... What it's doing is it's, it's playing the strings in a way to raise tension. Like, you're feeling the strings be very tense, and they're ready to snap at any moment. That's what that, is, that instrument is doing. While there's also a piano playing single keys at moments to just really dial in what's going to happen. And then you hear the clock tick loudly. Well, the beep, the beeping of the clock is beep, 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 beep. And you know each beep is a second, and each second is just getting closer and closer to a very bad ending. You know what's coming. And when you get to the last couple seconds and it gets really chilling and really worrying because there's no music. It goes silent. Right when Kirby catches up with the dog, it's silent. All you hear is Kirby, all you hear is the waves, and all you hear are the beeps of the clock. And then we get the dog's memories. And in the dog's memories, what we hear is a lone piano and a flute start playing. The music is slow, it's sad, it's melancholic. While the US version is just playing trumpets, like I said, and the music is higher tempo. The Japanese version gives every note weight. Every moment weight. You're so wrapped up in it, you're just waiting to see what is going to happen. Is Kirby going to survive? Is his dog going to make it? What's going to happen here? Is he going to somehow stop the bomb? And then the moment happens. The dog pushes Kirby away, and then the music goes silent again. And all we get is silence as we hear the boat go get away with the dog in it. And then the dog explodes. We just have Kirby standing there dumbfounded, and the dog's ear hits Kirby. In the US version, there's music playing the whole time. The whole time. And then when we're at the beach, it's silent. There was no music playing in the Japanese version. US version, there's music playing, and it's swelling. But Japanese version, it's just silent. All you hear are the waves. Then all you hear is Tuff and Tiff. And then you hear Gengu. And then you hear Kirby. You hear him walk into the ocean. You hear him look up at the dog. And then the music starts playing quietly with a flute. And the US version does some fanciful music at this point as well. And the dog barks. And then the dog run just jumps away. And the English version, the US version, that still plays music the whole way through. But for the Japanese version, 
For the last couple seconds, it's silent again, so that all you can hear are the waves and Kirby jumping up and waving goodbye to his dog. And that's all you hear. And then the usual star zone when, when the scene ends. Like, don't get me wrong, the US version's pretty good, but I feel like they missed an opportunity to make it much more impactful. And the Japanese version is just superior. It just does it so much better. Oh man, I've cried maybe two times while recording this, and three times while writing the script, maybe four or five. Oh god, ugh. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, details we didn't cover. Um, I think I said most of them throughout, like just comparing English and Japanese versions and editing and stuff like that. There's only one thing left to mention, and that is an interesting thing it's that is believed that this episode was inspired from an episode from 1977, uh, from a show called Jetter Mars. Jetter Mars is to Astro Boy as Mega Man is to Mega Man. I mean, as Mega Man X is to Mega Man. So the episode's called Goodbye Little Brother. And in this 1977 anime, uh, Jetter Mars, like he's like a robot guy. So in that, he gets a robot pet dog. And eventually in the end, the dog is going to explode. And the dog pushes him away and explodes. So he saves Jeter Mars' life because Jeter Mars would have died with him if he was too close. And the trauma of that loss is so much for Jeter Mars that Jeter's creator actually erases his memory. But he still feels like he used to have a little brother whenever he looks at dogs. So just, Jesus Christ, Japan! Jesus! Just, oh my god! Like, I'm mostly sure Jeter Mars was also a kid's cartoon. I get it for the more, like, adult like the older age animes, but are you kidding me? This is a kid's anime, and you're hitting me with some of the most ridiculous feelings. Oh my god. I've seen some sad things in anime, like a lot of sad things, and none of them, I surprised to me, are as impactful as this. Like, he uses death in Full Metal Alchemist. If that's a spoiler, holy crap. Um, dog girl, just... <laughs> that's also Full Metal Alchemist. Um, just the sad scenes. Like, oh... Wolfwood and Trigon, just all these sad deaths that happen. They're very sad, but the death of this dog has hit me so hard. I just, oh my god. And the death of Kirby's other friends in the later episodes, oh, they hit so hard too. Like, it's so sad. It is so dang sad. Oh man. And here's how to mess yourself up even more. Think about what's going on in Kirby's head. Think about that. Like, Kirby maybe had, like, a week with this dog. Because the passage of time is hard to understand in this show. Kirby's maybe had a week with this dog. And he bonded with it. And they had, like, like as they're calling him, like, a little brother. Like, they have, like, they started to have, like, a familial bond. Like, they're really bonding. They're sleeping together. They're playing together. They're doing everything together. Kirby is risking his, his life to find this dog, to save this dog. Because that's how attached he is to the dog. And the last moment he has with the dog is the dog pushes him away and then explodes. What is going through this baby's mind? He's just a child. He's just a baby. And he loses his friend who he just got. And then he sees, he sees him in the sky. And it makes you wonder, because interpretation here, is this all in Kirby's mind? Where he, he, it's Kirby coping with the loss of this dog? That the dog is running off towards the sky, because that's the direction where the ocean is too, like he's running off that direction, and Kirby waves goodbye? Or do you want to give the interpretation, maybe it's the dog's soul, because the dog apparently gained one from being with Kirby, because how does a robot cry? And it runs off into the sky, and you get that shooting star! Which is a lot of symbolism for a lot of people right there. 
There's so much going on in this little bit, and I'm just going so deep into it because, oh my god. And just, you feel so sad for Kirby. Kirby's this little kid who tries to do the right thing over and over again. He's always helping people, he's always saving people. He always does the right thing. And Nightmare Enterprises hit him on an emotional level. They gave him a friend, tried to kill him with it, and it dies right in front of him. He formed a bond with it, and it's dead now. They really want for him. They've beaten him so badly so many times, nearly killed him, and then they go after him emotionally like this. It's so much that happens to this little kid, it's crazy. And it's going to happen more times. Kirby's going to feel so much more emotional trauma because of Nightmare Enterprises. It's just crazy how much the kid goes through. And just the coping we're going to see him try to do to deal with this. Like this, like I just said, like is, was that Kirby coping or is that really what was happening? And that'll mess you up thinking about that. It messes me up thinking about that. He's just a kid that tries to do the right thing and just life just beats him down and he just keeps trying. He keeps getting up. He keeps going forward. And that's why I love Kirby so much because he's always pushing forward, trying to save the day. And in the next episode, he goes right back to being who he is. He goes right back to just saving the day in 16. And in 17, he's trying to do the right thing. In 18, well, 18's an interesting one. He's, Kirby's who Kirby is. He's a kid just going forward, just trying to do the right thing. So that's episode 15. You get why it's considered one of the best. It's incredibly emotionally impactful. I probably would put it at number one. Right now, yeah, it's at number one. It's pretty dang good in a lot of ways, especially emotionally. Like, it's not one of the more lighthearted action episodes. Like, if we don't count this one, the New Year's episode's probably my favorite of all time so far, as far as this, uh, the podcast has gone. There's some good ones up to episode 40 I've watched that I'll probably put over it, but I'll mention when we get to those points. This is a really good episode, really liked it a lot, and thank god the next episode's lighthearted. And it has to do with a fish named Kine. That's right, one of Kirby's animal buddies will be the main focus of the next episode, so that's gonna be great. I'm actually not sure if Rick or Koo get a focused episode. I hope they do, because they're great. But thankfully, next episode, lighthearted. <laughs> so as always, you can find the podcast on YouTube and Podbean. And uh, YouTube, of course, has visuals that you can look at here. There's going to be plenty of visuals for this episode. But for the most part, the idea is for me to describe everything as best I can so you don't have to watch it so that you can listen to it. Because, of course, it's a podcast. You can leave feedback there. You can also leave feedback uh, at the Twitter handle, which of course is at Kirby Dreamcast. And that right there is the podcast. I had fun talking. I hope you had fun watching or listening, depending on where you are on this one. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by and see you next time.